Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the SBK betting podcast. The national hunt season might be in full flow now for many, but for a lot of you, the first weekend of November can only mean one thing as once again, the world is set for the Breeders' Cup World Championships. And this is the 38th running, returning to Del Mar for just the second time in the history of the great event. And for this special podcast, I'm joined by a good friend and most importantly, an expert US racing analyst, Caitlin Free, who can call TVG, Goat Handicapping and Pass the Wire as part of her glittering resume. So thank you, Caitlin, for joining me in what is a very busy time for you as we get prepared for these amazing championships. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the way that the Breeders' Cup is structured. We've gone from Keeneland last year, where the, where the Europeans were very successful, to Del Mar, a completely different track, but a track that we did do well at four years ago. What is Del Mar like as a racetrack and what are the conditions that we can expect this weekend? Del Mar is a really cool track, and I'm wondering why it has taken them so long to host Breeders' Cups there. Because the weather's perfect. You're in Southern California. You're always going to get sunshine. You're always going to get warm weather. And you're always going to have a firm turf course and a fast dirt course as well. So pretty much optimum conditions. Um, it, it kind of caters a lot to California horses when it comes to the dirt. But when it comes to the turf, you're not going to get much better turf racing than the California turf circuit. So really excited to have this year. I think that the fast ground and the really tight turns of Del Mar are really going to favor the European runners. Um, and all of the European runners and the international contingent as a whole has a right to feel brave after the way they did last year and the way our turf horses have kind of shaped up. We've had some better turf horses um, in the past, kind of not our strongest string going forward this year, but I don't think the U.S. isn't in without a chance in the few turf races, but seems like it could be an international sweep. Yeah, it's, you know, look, the Europeans had their most successful Breeders' Cup to date in 2020 with four winners on the second night of the championship. The Phillies dominated Tanawa, Sublime in the Breeders' Cup turf. She's back to defend her ground, as is Odaria in the Phillies and Mare and Glass Slippers in the Breeders' Cup turf, which was a, a first for us to win that race. And it seems like a a weekend where we're slightly nervous because of what we believe is an unsuited track for our horses. So to have the confidence that you think that it's actually going to play in our strengths and our favours is a kind of a first for me to hear. So I, I'm hopeful uh, that your confidence um, can be uh, restored and, and it can be shown on those two nights. The draw, though, Caitlin, is a big factor. So you, we might have conditions that might favor our European horses, you say, and the tight tracks, and that doesn't seem to bother you. But where do you want to be drawn at Del Mar? Because being wide, from what I hear, is not where you want to be. Definitely being wide is not a great spot. I think it kind of depends really on the race. The Breeders' Cup turf draws in that race don't necessarily bother me. It mile, it matters much more in the mile and in the turf sprint. Like, for example, glass slippers completely drawn on the rail in the turf sprint. That's not good. And then being out wide is not good either. There's some other races, um, you know, the juvenile turf, Dubawi legend is favored, drawn all the way outside in post 14. That's not great. So you really don't want to be probably in gate one, but gate 13, 14 and on outward. Those are not good spots either. Um, definitely where you kind of want to be is about gate four to maybe gate 10. That's probably going to be your sweet spot, but for the longer turf races, it doesn't really matter as much. Um, I don't think it matters as much on the dirt races either, but the sprint and the mile races certainly can get a bit concerning with the draws. 
Okay, well, so now we know the facts about the track and where you want to be. Let's get going, looking into six of the main races that we're going to pick out. You know, we've got plenty we could choose from this weekend, but from the interest in time and just to pick out the quality, we're going to start with the Friday, which is dedicated to the juveniles and the juvenile turf, which will take place at 12.30 a.m. on Saturday morning, our time. It'll be Friday over with you in the U.S., this is a race which has been successful in the past for the European horses. Um, and we are looking at essentially dominating a dominating field from a European perspective with Modern Games, who's five to two at the top of the market with SBK. Uh, this is a horse uh, Godolphin represented. And Godolphin is so strong throughout the weekend. Um, Modern Games, Charlie Appleby's had a great time sending their horses over to um, the States and to Canada to get a real feel. Um, um, Dabawi Legend, 7-2, as you say, drawn very wide. Alba here, 11-2, has been over um, to see what it's like racing in your side of the world. Gloon Thorne is one of the only Aidan O'Brien two-year-olds running over the weekend, which is very surprising. 17-2, to 11-1 Grafton Street. Tis the Bomb, 11-1, coined 15-1. And it's bigger prices for the rest. Now, as I said, a race that's been, that we've been, the, the, the Europeans have been successful with in the past. What do you feel in terms of looking at this field? Who do you think has the attributes to win a Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf at Del Mar? I know I talked a little bit about being down on the rail, being a hindrance, but I think for modern games, it actually plays very well into his favor. I was actually really pleased with the way he drew, and I think Charlie Appleby was as well. Um, I like that Albar's a little bit closer to him too. Those were the two I ultimately landed on in the juvenile turf, giving modern games a little bit of an edge based off of resume. Um, I think this race really, really suits him well. And Charlie Appleby has really talked up his contingent this past week. I know he's very confident with those two, but I do know he prefers modern, modern games a little bit more, as do I. Um, don't care for Dewawi Legend on the outside as much. But he seems to be good enough that he could definitely overcome it. But ultimately, I ended on the Charlie Appleby double. So Modern Games, Alba here, both two horses that could be, in terms of quality, much better horses than a lot of these. And Mendelssohn, who was a winner of this race back in 2017 at Del Mar, which I think is important to look at the Del Mar wins because obviously a completely different track. He broke from gate nine and Ryan Moore was able to control the race so that's really what you've got to do you've got to be hot out the gates and a lot of two-year-olds we've seen in the past have really struggled with the gate speed that U.S. horses show so is that something that the likes of James Doyle and William Buick are going to have to think about? Especially being down on the inside I definitely think that's something that they're going to have to think about because if they're not quick out of the gate and kind of find their spot very fast before they head into that first turn, they're going to get swallowed up. And that's definitely not what you want to do in this type of race. Um, when you bring up Mendelssohn and the success Aiden O'Brien has had in this race, Glompton's one that kind of is a big question mark to me. I don't love some of his last runs, but I do like Aiden's resume in this race. And I think the horse definitely has potential and I like that he's here. So I feel like he's one that maybe you should include as a price or maybe that you should use underneath, but yeah, when you, you bring it back kind of the way that things are being controlled in this race, I just like, I think it is important for the Godolphin riders to get out there and kind of establish a spot because, you know, they're going to be the ones that they're gunning after in this race and they have to establish that dominance right away. Otherwise, they there's a potential, you know, that they will kind of take them out or cover them up. 
Yeah, and what I've rewatched from looking back at these races, especially with the juveniles, it can be pretty messy out there. And you've got to be pretty uh, confident in yourself, confident in your riding. And I remember watching, rewatching Mendelssohn and thinking he's had a really short route around. Um, and it's important to be, you know, hot out the gates and pretty streetwise. And that's my problem with Grunthorn is that his experience is lacking for me. Mm -hmm. um, he is a 17 to 2 chance. But as you say, Aidan O'Brien, he is so res highly respected. And he's got a smaller team than normal this year. But that's a bit of a reflection on slightly a, a weaker year in general especially for his juveniles who have just taken that a little bit more time to come to hand but I'm going to go with Alba here uh, you're with modern games Alba here I think for me is the horse that just has that that experience he is a bit more streetwise and he's obviously had his his chance going over abroad and seeing what it's like he's traveled well um, and he seems a kind of horse that will be suited and will hopefully give the Godolphin team a really strong start to this weekend. There's plenty of other juvenile races over the course of Friday. Um, we're going to head into Saturday where the racing is so competitive and definitely warrants a lot of time to go through, Kate. And the turf sprint, uh, which was the race that glass slippers took in almighty fashion last year tom eves just gave her a brilliant ride um at cleanland things just panned out really well for her now as you've said she's drawn post one it's not ideal but she is coming into the race i believe in her prime she has her race ground conditions and i think she's too big at 10 to 1 that's the price that we ha sbk have her at the moment what do you think I think that is pretty long odds on her. Um, I don't love the post for her, but I also think it's better than being way, way outside versus some of the others. Um, I think that is a very long price on her. She is getting optimal conditions. And I think when it comes to the European contingent shipping in, I would put her at the top with Emirati Anna. Um, I'm not huge on a case of you. So if you're going to look for a price in this race, I think those two are pretty good when you're looking maybe for an outside international horse versus some of the U.S. horses. But yeah, I think 10 to 1 is very high on her. Yeah, she, for me, I'm I'm keen. I'm really excited to see her back here. Look, this is a race which the U.S. turf horses have dominated before, prior to last year. And Golden Powell is the horse that we know well. I mean, he disappointed at York in the Nunthorpe Stakes. But for me, watching that race live, he was looking for a bend. He needed a bend. He was so quick. He needed something to aim at. And it didn't work out so well. But when he returned to Keeneland, he was super impressive last time out. I'm not too sure how much he beats in the Woodfoot Stakes. You might know a little bit more. But it looks like the real Golden Powell that Wesley Ward knows and really believes in is back and he gets a bit of a weight advantage as well doesn't he off the old horses he does get a bit of a weight advantage advantage and I was there for that Woodford win and I thought it was visually impressive but when the numbers and the speed figures came back it was actually very slow this is actually the lowest I don't know if everybody over there is familiar with buyer speed figures they translate into your time form figures very similarly this is the lowest speed figure he's ever ran granted he didn't have to be full out and he did beat older horses but he is going to have to step up considerably speed and figure wise to defeat this field. Well, that's interesting considering he's in at three to one, the favorite as it stands with SBK outside of golden Powell, We've got plenty of uh, European contenders, which is 
Amazing considering Glass Slippers was the only runner from Europe last year. Uh, we've talked about a case of you. I think he might struggle on what will be a quicker conditions. Um, Emiratiana comes in good form. Where are you looking with this race? Because it seems like you might, you know, think that Glass Slippers has probably got a, a good enough chance, but it might, you might struggle from that draw. Is there, are there, is there anything else that you're keen to see in this race? This was one of the only turf races where I think I favored the U.S. runners. I think that um, when betters are looking at this race, they kind of look for a horse to maybe blow up the tote board or kind of be close. Um, this race is what I call a grass grab bag. You never know what's going to happen in this race. It's a mad dash to the finish. They're going to hit the line together. And ultimately, when I looked at this race, I came out with Kamari the other Wesley Ward runner. One thing I really like about her is she's been training superb at Keeneland and Wesley Ward usually trains his horses without shoes, but he's recently had shoes on Kamari. So that way she can get a hold of the turf and really run to her fastest potential. And he's been very happy with her in the mornings. She's looks superb at Keeneland and she does pretty well off of a layoff. She's coming off of a pretty big layoff. I don't believe she's ran since April when she won the Madison on dirt. Um, she, I think she would have been interesting in the Philly and Mare sprint on dirt versus Gamin and Bella Sophia, but I actually really like her in the spot. And I think Wesley Ward has her right where he wants her. Really fascinating contender, Caitlin. She's a, she's a Philly that we will know. And everyone will remember she came second to Golden Horde in the Commonwealth Cup back in 2020 at Royal Ascot. We haven't seen a lot of her though since she's raced very lightly. They really looked after her. I've seen she's been a non-runner on several occasions and then she won over seven furlongs last time. Is there been a reason why they've been so careful with her placing? I think she's had a few issues this year. And I know she's one that really does not like wet ground. So I think that's why they kind of move her back to the turf here because she's going to get optimum conditions. Five furlongs is a bit short for her, but I think that there's enough pace signed on in this race that she could maybe get ahead right by the finish line and kind of shoot forward. And I'm not really disappointed with the, post-draw with her at all. I think she's drawn great. And I think this race will probably end up setting up for her as well as some of our other closers, you know, fast boat, glass slippers, a few others. I think this is going to be a race to the finish where some of the front runners could really get swallowed up. Yeah. Fast boat is a 25 to one at the moment, but Kamari, a very interesting case you give for her, Caitlin. And I like that a lot. Glass slippers is still going to be what I believe is to be value at 10 to 1. So I'm going to keep my faith in her uh, for the Kevin Ryan and Tom Eves team. We're going to move on to the Philly Turf, a race which I love because we've done really well in over the years. And I was honoured to be there a couple of years ago at Santonita to see the brilliant Iridesa win this race for Joseph O'Brien, which was a special, special uh, evening. Now this race is slightly different um, at Del Mar because it's over the one mile three furlongs. Uh, it, it, it is going to be a tighter, a sharper one mile three furlongs, of course, but it's a very different type of race to what we would have seen at Keenan last year when Odaria won so well um, in a in brilliant fashion. Now she hasn't had it her own way in terms of it has just not been as straightforward a season for her this year. It's not been that straightforward for Love as well, who's at the top of the market at 7-2. And there are a couple of horses in this race that I think is going to upset our strangleholder on it. Warlike Goddess, unbeaten four of her last starts at 7-2. And Love's Only You, Caitlin, is a massive contender for the Japanese at 5-1. Third in the Dubai Shima Classic. She's got closer to Mishra this year than Love. And I think she's a fascinating runner. 
I have been so excited for this race for months now because I know Love's Only You has been pointing here since the summer. And she she is my biggest play on the weekend on Saturday. I'm going to be playing everything around her. And I think I've maybe ruined my prices because I've told so many people about her and how I've just loved the form about her coming into this race. So I'm super excited about her. Her form is better than anybody's in the race, including Love, including Warlight Goddess, and including Adaria, who I all think are endless chances. But Love's resume speaks for itself. That Dubai Shima Classic was awesome. At the end of the day, I do think that a mile and a half is a bit long for her. So I'm anxious to see her cut back. And I feel like this is the perfect race for her. I'm so happy they have decided to send her here. Japan has never won a Breeders' Cup race. And I think they're definitely going to take some hardware home this weekend. Yeah, I think she definitely represents the best chance they have. They obviously had the option of going to the Breeders' Cup turf, didn't they, over the one mile four. And looking at her resume, she's been running over distances shy of one mile two. She's obviously got form over longer as well. But it must, that must have been quite a difficult decision. But it, it also seems to be the easier race with, with love having a lot of questions to answer in my mind. I agree. And I do actually favor love in here in this race as long with love's only you. Um, I think love is going to get, she likes a little bit of cut in the ground, but not too much. So I think she's going to enjoy these conditions. I think she's going to maybe get back in her wheelhouse and be a little bit more comfortable. We know that, you know, she can pretty much run anywhere. Um, I'm not poking any questions with her shipping abilities or anything like that. I'm happy they brought her here. I almost wish they would have left her in the turf. I think she's good enough to win that race, but I do prefer her a little bit more under a mile and a half. And I think she's a little bit more effective at that distance this year with kind of some question marks in her form, but I, I think she fits well in this spot also. Yeah. She's been a little bit awkward in some of her races as well. Her head carriage has not been a hundred percent. She, they blamed that there was not much pace to aim at last time as well. She'll definitely have a lot of that. Well, no doubt about it. It'll be really interesting to see how Ryan Moore rides her um, because this probably is one of their best chances of the weekend for uh, the Aidan O'Brien and Coolmore team. Coolmore obviously have a plenty of runners from um, even from, from their American horses, but for the Aidan O'Brien stable, this is possibly their best chance. But I agree with you, Caitlin. I think Love's Only You comes in with a huge profile and it's a very, very punchy and the right decision, whereas they probably could have gone for the, the bigger credentials and the bigger purse perhaps for the Breeders' Cup turf but a, gr a great spot for her um, and an exciting race but as we say Adaria is in here as well, Rougier uh, the French horse is coming here off the back of an excellent exciting win in the Prix de l'Opera but that again was on heavy ground uh, so those conditions slightly different. The one horse I'm going to throw in at a price is Akinella for Joe Lyons and Colin Keane, a filly uh, that I think you can put a line through her run last time out at Leperstown in the Matron Stakes. She didn't get her run through the race. She was a winner the time before at the Curra in the Snow Ferry, beating Champs-Élysées. And I think she could just go slightly under the radar. And Colin Keane has just been so good. I've been so impressed by him wherever he goes. And he obviously has a very big race ride um, a little later on in the night, um, which we'll get to. Um, but we'll, we'll move on to the mile. And this, Caitlin, I think is a very tricky race to work out. It's been a, another race that's been good to the Europeans in the past. Space Blues is... I was surprised, to be honest, to see that he would take his place here. He's had a very busy year. He's been on the go since February. And look, he's been brilliant, but I don't, can't believe that they would think a seven furlong, out and out seven furlong horse is going to be at his best over this mile. 
but respect to Charlie Appleby because he says if he could pick one horse of all the horses that he has, he had only had one horse to run, he would say it would be Space Blues. So that is punchy for the man who's had such a brilliant season. I agree. I was actually a little bit surprised to see him in this spot myself. And that's a, that's a daring statement from Charlie Appleby, given some of the runners he has here. Um, I think Space Blues is beatable. I think that they really underestimated the field that would turn up here. Yeah, look, I agree. Looking through the form of the U.S. horses, there's horses coming in huge form. And Mo Forza, for me, he's the confirmed miler. He's the horse that it stays the trip, will love these conditions. And, I mean, you can tell me a little bit more. He's a horse that is California through and through in terms of he, he, he knows how to race around here. Yeah, Mo Forza is definitely the best California turf horse I'd say we've seen in some time. I really, really like him in this spot. There's one I like slightly more, but he's definitely in my top two choices. Um, he's beaten more than half of this field already. He loves a fight. So you're going to get his best run from him on Saturday for sure. So outside of that, um, is there a, a European contender that you could see might be a little bit under the radar? Because for me, Master of the Seas is a horse that probably does have a couple of chinks in his armor. It's not been that straightforward for him. But he is a very classy horse, very classy horse. And I think he might be a little bit underestimated at 12 to 1. Mother Earth, who's had a very busy season. She's a group one confirmed performer. But as I said, she's had a tough old year. And other horses that are coming into this, that you know this has been their plan throughout the season. I would probably lean to Mother Earth. Um, I'm following the path of the best milers when it comes to the European runners. You know, Baid, Palace Pier those types of runners. Space Blues never faced that type of field. So he's one that I'm kind of thinking of, you know, he's going to be class tested here. Granted, he is a grade one winner. He is grade one quality, but he kind of reminds me of a horse such as Ben Battle that goes in and picks up grade ones where really the top tier of horses aren't there. So I'm going to kind of follow that form. And I didn't, didn't dislike Mother Earth's run last out against Baid and Palace Pier. I think she's going to move forward off that. And I think she's going to like the quicker surface. Yeah, interesting. I think Mother Earth, for me, I'm going to take you on. I just think that she has had a busy old time. But having said, said that, she ran a great race at Keenan as a two-year-old, and she's she just seems to be pretty bomb-proof. Um, mm-hmm. And I do I do think that she's a filly that probably doesn't get, even though she you knows she is a Guineas winner, she doesn't get the all the 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 huge uh, credit that she possibly should deserve. I absolutely agree with you. I think this is a really good spot for her. I'm happy to see her turn up here versus the Philly and Mare Turf. Um, Another one that I'm very keen on is a horse that did qualify for the Philly and Mare Turf, and that's Blowout. She had a win in your end for the Philly and Mare Turf, but Chad Brown prefers her in a mile or under, and I prefer her that as well. So she comes into this race. I'm not bothered by the draw with her. Um, She's going to have to really quickly get to the front, which I don't think will be a problem. I think smooth like straight is the only other horse that can maybe pressure her for the lead. And the mile is a type of race where if you're lone speed, you could really steal it on the front end and she's going to be a really nice price. So that's going to be my top choice. And Phillies have done really well in this race. Yeah, they, they really have blowout in those famous sister Charlie colors. Um, Chad Brown, Peter Brandt. 
and a British bred horse. And we know that the Americans are coming over and buying a lot of our, uh, our horses at the moment to try and really boost uh, the turf runners that you guys have out there. So, you know, this is one that has probably been a long-term project that they know that it come in as a five-year-old as well. She's really getting better as she gets older, a daughter of Densilly. So she represents a really good chance as well at 12 to one. So uh, I think that possibly is one of the most competitive races from a betting perspective, the mile. And I'm taking going to take on Space Blues, despite I say that thinking, just remembering Charlie Appleby's words, and I have so much respect for him. But I do think that this race is, as you say, possibly not as straightforward as he might have envisaged it to be. Um, we'll head on into the Breeders' Cup turf, a race that just nearly moved me to tears last year, seeing Tarnawa win this race. She was just phenomenal and she has been a horse that we were so wanting and hoping to see her well I was anyway hoping to see her go in and win the pre de triumph it was difficult watching with that heavy heavy ground and the trip she got take nothing away from that winner but I think that she's been somewhat a little bit unlucky this season you know she bumped into Mishrith um, so bumped into St Mark's Basilica literally you know he he basically brought her all across the track and she did have that win earlier on in the season, but considering this will possibly be her last run, I think she deserves to win a race of this quality. And despite draw 13, I think it could play to her strengths because she likes to be held up and she can come off up late and having Colin Keane on board could be a real good thing for her. So what do you think, Caitlin, of her chances second time round? I'm sticking with her to do a repeat. I really like her in this field. I think this is a far easier field than she beat last year in the turf when she had to contend with Magical and some other really good runners from the United States. So I'm really into her this year. I think the draw actually favors her and Colin. I think she's going to get a very easier trip and she's not going to be as bothered as she was in some of the races in Europe this year. I think she was the only horse maybe in Europe this year that could have run with St. Mark's Basilica. So I really like her resume coming in here. She's going to get better ground, but she's proved she can run on any ground. So I'm, I don't really have a lot of concerns about her in this race at all. And she has looked fantastic since she's gotten to Del Mar. Yeah, she really has. She looks good. I've seen she's been clipped. So she's obviously just gone a little bit in her coat, but they're very happy with her. And look, as I said, she may head, she might, maybe go to Japan I think they said possibly if if things go right but um it this is going to be one of her last if not her last runs before she heads um to be a broodmare but outside of this I'm keen to know domestic spending he, earlier on in the year a uh, son of Kingman um had the reputation as being one of the best turf horses in America you know his his CV is pretty flawless bar his last run last time where he was second is it just the case with him that he's just not been beating a huge amount and that form doesn't translate as strongly as to what Tanara and other horses in this field from Europe have I definitely think so and I'm a fan of domestic spendings breeding but I'm not a fan of him as a runner um, I know that's kind of strange to say but he's just kind of been underwhelming to me this year and I'm a big fan of the Chad Brown barn, but I think he's got far more impressive turf horses in his resume than domestic spending this year. And I understand the hype with him. He has had a pretty good season, but I just don't see any excuse for him losing at Arlington last out Two Emmys really is not a grade one caliber horse. So I think this is a type of horse that if he doesn't get it his way, he's really prone to throwing in the towel. And that's just the type of horse that I can't trust in this, this field. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you want to have a game and resolute kind of uh, horse. And Tanawa definitely has shown all that. Tiona comes into this with the world at her feet as a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. She'll definitely like the ground. Uh, we saw that uh, over. That's the reason why she missed the pre-luck triumph. She, she's drawn 12 as well. Will that suit her running style? I'm not sure it goes in favor or against her. It doesn't bother me. Tiona is the type of horse that I'm really excited about for next year if she keeps running. I think if she gets some more starts under her belt, you know, you know, kind of has to run and really test her abilities. I think she's the type of mare that's going to move forward as she gets older. I'm really excited to maybe see if she turns up in this race next year at Keeneland. I think that would be a perfect spot for her, but definitely not out of the realm of possibility to see her run a huge race. I think she's in career form and I think she's going to just keep getting better. Yeah, absolutely. I think she she is the kind of filly that's really sort of developing and getting better as, as she gets older. Obviously, Yabir is here as well. Walton Street, Yabir being the winner last time out at Belmont in the in the Belmont Derby, which was a fantastic visually. I mean, Jamie Spencer gave him just an amazing ride. But again, what did he beat? We know Bolshoi Ballet was behind him. He's not really proved to be the horse that they wanted to be. That form kind of just as is a question mark to me as with Walton Street. So really it, it's quite a confidence around Tanawa uh, mm-hmm. at seven to four. There's not a huge, is there a, a, another place angle that you can see in the race? Not really. Um, I really kind of looked to see if there was somebody I could kind of fill in behind her or who I really think is, you know, kind of the best U.S. runner to maybe look to. And I landed on Tribohan, another runner for Chad Brown. I'm kind of a, what have you done for me lately type of person. And the way he has been in the past few months, I really like his form coming into this race. He has been breathing fire at Del Mar. And this, this horse is very, very headstrong. So if they can wrangle him back, I think he's definitely the best U S chance. Um, he, he got in the field as an also eligible, which really surprised me. And I definitely want to point out how unhappy I am about the way this turf was handled this year, because I think there's some horses that got in off of points, off of earnings that don't belong in this field, whereas horses like Bolshoi Ballet, Channel Maker, and Mogul, who are on the outside looking in, deserve to be in this field. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. And look, the turf races have been the ones that have been really oversubscribed, whereas the mm-hmm. dirt races have been the ones that don't have as huge much support, which is just showing the tide is changing. The turf racing in general in America is so popular. Um, but we will talk about uh, one, t- one dirt race, the main race of all, as we head to the end of our preview, Caitlin, and that is the Breeders' Cup Classic. You know, this is the race that, that we build up to throughout the whole of the weekend and a race that uh, the, the, the community, the whole industry builds up to as well. It's become such an important race, a big part of um, these horses' sort of long season routes. And Nick's go um, is at five to two currently with, with SBK. He's had another flawless season um, there or thereabouts, um, essential quality. He's another horse. And this is what I can say about a lot of them. I just feel like the feel for this race is very hot, very special. Um, essential quality, he's at three to one, um, a winner of, of the Belmont, fourth in the Kentucky Derby. Um, hot Rod Charlie, a fascinating contender. He hasn't had things all his own way. Uh, he's 11 to two. Medina Spirit is at six to one. Um, Max Player, 10 to one. 11 to one art collector and 22 to one outside of that. With those prices in mind, where are you thinking? And out of all of the horses with what you just said about what have you done for me lately? 
how can you separate them? Because a lot of them have probably done a lot for you lately. They have. And boy, this race, it really is going to live up to the hype. This is one of the best classics I've seen since I've, you know, been a fan of racing and been working in this industry. And it's really going to live up to the hype when it comes to what we thought it could be. So this race is interesting to me because there is a lot of speed. Art Collector is going to go. Nick's go is going to go for sure. Medina Spirit's going to go. And there could be some other ones. So I think this race certainly sets up for horses that maybe just behind the pace a little bit are just coming off of it. And those horses for me are going to be essential quality in Hot Rod Charlie. Yeah, I hoped you were going to say that because the Hot Rod Charlie is my one. And I think that you might be opposing me and going essential quality. I just think Hot Rod Charlie, if they ride him the way that they did last time where he beat Mike Bourbon by two and a quarter lengths in the Pennsylvania Derby. That's the way that he, that he needs to be ridden. Just give him that confidence. Go for it. Be bullshit. Obviously, he had a nightmare um, where he was disqualified in the Haskell um, in a race where he was ridden just slightly differently. And that's just where I'm interested to see what Flavian Pratt does with him and just to really work out how best to be essential quality. It was, it's really hard for me to separate these two runners. And I will tell you on all tickets I have, I'm using both of them. I lean a little bit toward essential quality because he kind of has beaten Hot Rod Charlie a couple of times this year. And I think maybe he could be the better horse, but I do like it, how it sets up for Hot Rod Charlie. And I really like that they're adding blinkers back on this horse. I think he needs them. And I think he runs better with them. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's what I noticed that blinkers being added, re-added back to him. Um, I think he's just a horse that... I just hasn't had things his own way, but it's going to be really interesting how this race pans out, as you say. And for a lot, most people that might not be so familiar with the dirt racing, um, this is the like the quality look to the Breeders' Cup Classic that we always hope to see. Um, just a quick word on Nick Sko, who is the favourite. What is it about him that makes you feel like he doesn't deserve to be in your top two? I think he's certainly a tough contender. I can see him winning and it wouldn't shock me a bit. The big question about Nick's go is the mile and a quarter. He's never ran a mile and a quarter and they're going to be pressing him all the way. Connections have said, you know, he's not going to get an easy leave with us. So they're going to press him the whole way. He's had a long campaign. He's traveled a lot. He has had a little bit of a break over the summer, but I do worry about him tiring, especially going as far as he's going to be going in his career. And Medina Spirit, Art Collector, Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality, they're going to be right on his heels and he's going to have to run his best figure and prove that he's a real champion horse in order to win this race because he's going to be up against the eight ball. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be a really fantastic end to this weekend and the Breeders' Cup Classic. And look, as I said at the beginning of the show, there's so many more races than just these that we have highlighted, but these are definitely the best in terms of competitiveness, betting angles, and also the previous champions that are coming to, to kind of reclaim their crowns. And that's what I'm really hoping we'll see. I think we're going to have a really special weekend where there's going to be bumper crowds again. Um, and after last year with a smaller feel to it, uh, it's going to, there's going to be big celebrations all around Del Mar. Um, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me. Before we, before we end, I want your one nap. Loves Only You is definitely the horse I'm most excited for. Um, I've been hyping her up for months now. I know they've been pointing to this race, so I'm super excited to see what she can do. Um, I'm really excited about her. And probably horses that, you know, are a bigger price that I'm really excited to kind of play each way. I know we didn't talk about this race, but I definitely want to throw this horse in here. Latruska is coming into the distaff with 
the world on her back. She's had a long campaign. She's had a long year and she's really been our best older mayor that we've seen in quite some time, but I'm going to try to beat her this weekend. And I'm going to use Kentucky Oaks winner Malafat that you're going to get a really good price on. Okay. Well, brilliant. I'm very, very excited about the horses that you selected. I know you've done a heap of work um, ahead of the Breeders' Cup and you work very hard, especially your international elements and keeping an eye on horses all over the world um, in every country. Uh, for me, my nap of the weekend is going to be with Tanawa. I feel that she has got everything. I think I think Dermot Weld has underplayed her chances just slightly. I think he's just slightly nervous about the ground conditions, but I've got a little bit more confidence behind her now after having chatted to you and what we can expect to see and essentially the, the field that she has to run against. You know, it's definitely not as strong as it was last year and she's the standout horse in terms of all of the runners that we can see across the weekend in terms of her form um, in here. I think... And I'm surprised to say this at a each way shout. Glass slippers for me in the turf sprint is too big at 10 to 1. Um, I don't think that will last for very long. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing her. And look, as I said, Caitlin, an amazing weekend. The only thing I wish is that we were together to watch it because we'd be having a lot of fun uh, playing all these horses in our different ways. Thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend. And let's hope that we'll be able to celebrate all the many winners that no doubt you'll be having across the, the two days of the championship. So thank you very much. <laughs>